I don't believe that balance exists. I believe it's wholeness. I'm whole to begin with, but I I have work to do. Wholeness to me is being able to be your own bridge to your heart, through your heart. Ariella Storia is a poet, author, and actor. Her motto is, words not for the ears, but for the soul. Her heart lies in empowering, encouraging, and making space for audiences of women to feel at home in their own bodies. I think I was on page five of her book, The Unfolding, when I reached out for an interview. The way she mixes her story with her poetry and with support is as beautiful as she is. I am so excited to see where life continues to take Ariel. All along, a woman can be all things, both bright and bold, flickering radiance and stark beauty, daring and soft, wild and steady, quiet and audacious, able to pave the way of courage for herself and the women to come after, piercing through generations of fear. I stand out because I was made to. Not because I have to, or because it's the pleasing thing to do. There is a riot rumbling in these bones. I have always been a roaring lioness caged inside, not captive, but resting, waiting. This is her unfolding. This is her escaping from the den. There is a rising happening now, happening here, all along, all along. Thank you. That gives me chills. Mm-hmm. And so I love the concept of unfolding. And so what does that metaphor, how did that metaphor speak to you and yeah. creating this book? Yeah, well, I think it was definitely birthed out of a season of hearing a lot of fellow peers and individuals doing this art and work of deconstructing. And that could be spiritually, um, for for my context and most of the people in my community, that was a spiritual deconstructing. It was an undoing and untethering and unconditioning, you know, and exploring and expanding. And while that work was happening for so many people, there was just something about it that just didn't resonate entirely with me. Um, I felt like there was more to it than just this concept and this idea of deconstructing something, dismantling something. It was that in addition to this work and this idea of of of, of peeling back these layers of, of shedding selves and perspectives that no longer fit. And so this concept of the unfolding for me was more so I just felt like I was just peeling back these layers layers. Um, I was just letting things release, you know, I'm a, I'm a plant mom. And so I learn a lot from my plants and from leaves and from nature and to watch how in every season there's this, um, you know, dead giveaway, if you will, um, things give away and release in, in order to become. And I felt like, um, that was what was happening for myself, for my faith, for my spirituality, for my relationships, for, you know, everything. I think we were all in this season of, of undoing a lot of things. And so this concept of the unfolding was, I am just going to peel back these layers and I'm going to shed what's not serving me anymore. And I'm holding on to them because it's familiar, because it's comfortable, not only for myself, but for other people, Um, but it's not serving me anymore. And it's not, uh, it's not working (laughs) anymore Mm -hmm. the way I'm holding on to it. So I I gave to the art of the unfolding, which is just releasing um, and shedding. Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks specifically to women. And I think there yes. was this necess- necessity for, and, and that's why I loved the unfolding because I, that the, the metaphor of that just feels we were so closed up and covered mm-hmm. and protected and those kind yeah. of things, maybe because we needed to. And, and it's, and I liked the way maybe people would say broken open. And I think that's mm-hmm. applicable too, but I loved Very this idea of unfolding because it's just gentle, you know, it's just mm-hmm. this idea of like, we're supposed to be yeah. unfolded, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved that. I loved that. So I loved in the book, um, it's the book is the unfolding and invitation to come home to yourself. And mm. you talk about, there's specifically five phases that you speak about the awakening, um, the eclipsing, which I loved that. I love the metaphor of eclipsing. Mm. 
the mending, the illuminating and the returning. And I, yeah. I thought that was so um, poignant uh, to, to kind of go through those stages. And I, I just thought they were beautiful the way you, you named them because mm-hmm. I, I've myself created, I've created a, I have a, a graphic and I, I work with clients with that, with their stages of faith, particularly, you know, and yeah. there is these stages that we go through. And sometimes when you kind of allow yourself to be in a stage, allow yourself to, mm-hmm. you know, especially when someone else tells you it's okay. <laughs> I've been there too. It's yes. so powerful, right? It's so powerful. And I loved when you said on page 11, in order to let something in, you have to let some things go. In order to heal, mm-hmm. you must hurt. In order to grow, you will experience discomfort. And all this is to make more room for hope, less room for per- perfectionism, more room for simply being, less room for answers, more room for questions with integrity, for mystery and wonder that lead you somewhere new, not right or wrong, good or bad. This is the unfolding. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think at this point is when I emailed you. <laughs> I think I was on page 11 because I just, I mean, isn't that interesting how part of this unfolding process, part of what the crave is, is for actual more questions than there are answers. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, I think we're coming out of a space of, I was just thinking today of, um, you know, I got asked during one of my one of my book readings, you know, like, okay, if we're in the unfolding right now, if we're in the middle of it, what's next? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the times those questions get brought up because we're coming from a context and awareness that faith has to be certain and right. that it has to be directional. Mm-hmm. Instead of leaving room for this whimsy, for this wonder, for this bigness of Mm -hmm. what I feel, you know, God, creator, universe, whatever divine, whatever word you want to use, I think it's just too big for us to know. And I never... I, I think as an artist, I never wanted to be in a space where I always just know there's mm-hmm. there's so much um, control and safety that comes with that. But if mm-hmm. we truly believe that there's a divinity that's that's bigger than that is constantly creating and orchestrating, then how could we ever just know, you know? And mm-hmm. so I really wanted to release that idea and that concept that clarity is faith. I think that mm-hmm. actually is quite the opposite mm-hmm. of what it even <laughs> means to yes. have a faith in really anything. And so a lot of that, you know, came from this space of like, I don't, I don't want certainty. Mm-hmm. And if certainty is, is, means that I am limiting the spaciousness in which I can exist, you know, and, and just the idea that like, this is the path and Mm -hmm. this is the only, you know, divine or God ordained path and you have to stay on it. And I, and I just having being a person who who weaves quite often, Mm -hmm. I, I, I just could never settle in that reality. And, Mm -hmm. and that also felt very limiting to my spirituality Mm -hmm. at the same time. And so, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely at a space now where I'm like, if I think that I figured it out, I think I might be doing something wrong. Like if I think I've just gotten it and there's a level Mm -hmm. of confidence, there's Mm -hmm. a level of certainty, there's a level of groundedness Mm -hmm. that I think is, is a part of who we are and is central to how we operate. And yet that doesn't mean stagnant, you know, that doesn't mean this is what it is. This is reality of everything. And that's it. It doesn't mean black and white. I think there needs to be more room for nuance and growth. And and that just kind of where this unfolding space kind of um, chasmed for me was just like, oh, I've been so safe and so comfortable, you Mm -hmm. know, and now I'm going to start undoing a lot of that, which honestly, not necessarily by choice. I don't know if we find ourselves here because we want to dismantle and unearth everything we've been taught to believe and raised and conditioned to be. I don't think we genuinely desire to go about that work, but I do think it finds us regardless of whether or not we want it to. I agree. I was going to ask you next. Do you think it would be possible? Maybe, maybe that I, that the, the awakening part could come without pain or suffering you know like I don't I don't know gosh I don't know I think there will all I think there 
will always be a level of of shock mm-hmm. and dismantling yeah to it i i would love for it to be a smooth you know <laughs> turbulent free transition in space i would i would love to you know like it's just like when you wake up and you're just like the slow morning wake up i don't yes. think it, it it often is the and, and if it is if it it's like that moment in you know freaky friday where she <laughs> wakes up and it's like so relaxed and then she looks in there and she's like what just happened so I think it's more that energy if there is a slow wake up <laughs> something is right. going to jolt us awake you know um yeah. and and I think that I think that's just the reality of of situations in which we come to we wake up to yeah mm-hmm. yeah unfortunately I think you're I think you're right <laughs> and, and I think but I liked how after this awakening, because, you know, we all struggle, like you say, it's a, it's an abrupt awakening in, in the process. And so yeah. what was that eclipsing like for you? Gosh, I feel like the eclipsing was almost worse than, than the awakening, you know, the waking too is really eternal. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the wake, the coming to the, re- the realization of like, oh, I'm undoing some some stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. not that I I'm I I'm just now doing it. I have been. And being able to recollect all the spaces in which you've been woken up and you've kind mm-hmm. of suppressed. You've woken up and kind of suppressed. And and so I say very clearly in the book, you know, meeting my partner, meeting my spouse now, he wasn't the the cause of it. He was the the chasm in the permission mm-hmm. slip. But mm-hmm. I had had so many moments um that that led me there that mm-hmm. I think were guiding me there. Um and he just kind of like er- erupted and made me wake up to it. Um and then you get to the eclipsing and I think the eclipsing has an element of very external uh, elements to it. Not only am I now waking to the realities in which I've shifted and changed, but now those realities are becoming external and other people might have some tension with it. You know, other people's fears are now being triggered and erupted because I'm now external and how mm. I've um, explored and how I've come to these realities in which I've woken up to. So the eclipsing, um, uh, as you can tell in the book, those poems were just, I mean, a lot of them are gut-riching. A lot of them mm-hmm. were just please. A lot of them were just gentle reminders to keep me from having yet another anxiety attack mm-hmm. about the ways that I was being met with. Mm-hmm. You're this, you're this, you're this. And I am just now coming to these realities. Mm-hmm. So it was there was a lot of tension happening in the eclipsing. And it was very much so, you know, like if you've ever witnessed either a solar or a lunar eclipse, it it there's complete darkness mm-hmm. that happens. And there's a lot of like, you know, either ease or discomfort in that, in that darkness. Mm-hmm. And there's also that space of like, okay, what's what is about to happen next? You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's very jolting. And so that eclipsing space did orient a lot of grief. Um, it did orient a lot of counseling, um, <laughs> a lot of porch side talks and 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 just driving to people's houses and and just trying to like hear and connect with myself again because I just I couldn't trust myself. I couldn't trust my partner. I couldn't trust, you know, half of what was being said to me. And so yeah, mm-hmm. that eclipsing was is is not my favorite season right, by right. me. Um, but it also is still a very necessary one. And I, I, I am very true to learning and, and, and exploring in spaces of grief and not just trying to run from it or hide from it. Cause that never gets us anywhere. We have to sit with it um, mm-hmm. and sit in it, but know that we won't be sitting there forever. Um, and so, yeah, the eclipsing was a, was a, was a doozy um and it's and it's in addition to waking up to some things you know so I definitely won't I won't sugarcoat what that what that was like for me but I do think the awakening was this internal experience and then it became very external and yeah that's a good way to to explain it and for you it was particularly hard because it was in 2020 and there was a lot going on there so much happening I mean what wasn't happening in 2020 like where I mean 
meant to get married, you know, in a way that I, we thought, you know, planned a whole wedding, whole 150, you know, people mm -hmm. wedding and then lockdown started happening and these trickles of this pandemic and things started to shift. And then, mm -hmm. and then we have this uprising of, you know, not even uprising, but this social uprooting yeah. of just racial issues. And then it's like, can what do we hold here, you yeah. know, and how do we hold it here? And then my uncle passed and then George Floyd passed. And it was mm -hmm. just like thing after thing after thing. And I, and I, and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, 2020 was, was just a rule, a, a, a season of just, there was so much in our soil that needed to be uprooted and mm -hmm. we had ignored it and suppressed it for so long. And it was like, nope, we're going to mm -hmm. deal with this now, yeah. you know, which is just exhausting. <laughs> yes. 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 And I, and I know you, you even say in the book, you know, you're, you can't speak for everybody, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it was hard, but I, you know, I do want to pause for a moment. Cause I don't, I think there was that opera up, uprising, but I don't know if, I don't know if there was res resolution. I don't know if we've mm -hmm. had a resolution yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I don't think that's too much to ask. <laughs> Yeah, some resolution, you know. Yeah, and resolve. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, you know, and like I say, you you can speak for yourself, but from your experience, you know, what what could we do, or more, mm -hmm. you know, what 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 is that calling for us to do? And and I I hope in the in in just this few minutes of conversation, you know, we yeah we can just hold it for a minute. If nothing else, we might not right. be able to solve it. Right. But if we can just hold it and feel within each of ourselves, just just experience the sensations that come up, that's yeah. really a, a big step forward. It's just yeah. to acknowledge the feelings that come up. Yeah. Because uh, too often we push them away or we, we try to justify them. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, if, from my opinion, we as human beings... We, our sensations and our bodies are all similar. They just might be right. having a little bit different story, you know. Right. So let's yeah. let's connect on the on the on the sensations. Let's 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 mm -hmm. see what we can do. But it's but beautiful. I think it's fair to to ask, you know, what what can we do better? What do we need to yeah. do better? Yeah, I think it. I think we constantly need to be willing to be uncomfortable. I think that's where it comes down to is a lot of, of just not wanting to be outside of the comfort zones of wanting to not be outside of being right of wanting to, um, you know, uh, ignore and dismiss other people's feelings and experiences that look differently than ours. Um, I think it really comes down to that. And also realizing like, so much of what what we've experienced whether that be you know um you know um just like uh discrimination for for queerness for race um for for gender and you know sexuality for all of it i think we just there's so many rules guidelines and boxes and i think ultimately there needs to be a dismantling of all of that because all those rules and guidelines and boxes are now systemically showing themselves mm -hmm. in our systems of living and breathing and existing and we are functioning out mm -hmm. off of those fumes mm -hmm. um and i think we have to go to the core and when i say go to the core that's going to our homes that's mm -hmm. going to our communities i think we we need to be willing to expand um, our our communities, we need to be willing to have people on our worlds and in our um in in our reach that look differently than mm -hmm. us. That's constantly challenging us. Mm -hmm. And again, none of those things are things we want to do right. or desire to do. And yet, they're the very thing we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and and also to not ride these waves of of hashtags and posts and shares. Like I think it has to get off of you know the digital um representation of what it what it means to advocate or mm -hmm. or to speak and it needs to be something that is in our daily practice mm -hmm. in our lived practice and not just our performative spaces and mm -hmm. so um it's what's what conversations are happening at your dinner tables at your happy hours in your you know in your orbits that's mm -hmm. that's where change and shifting really really comes into play and i think that's where we grow um, more human to the experience. I think if we realize that we are, like we were talking about earlier, we are all in the same storm 
different boats, but we're all in this. And it's not an us versus them. It's not a you versus me. There is no versus and there is no separation of like, this is just a we. This is an us issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And it affects all of us, whether we are aware of those realities or not. Um, And to be aware of it means that we need to be a little bit uncomfortable in order Mm -hmm. to see it. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think that's, it goes back to the same, you know, the purpose of waking up is to move mm-hmm. out of that certainty. I mean, yes. and so it's the same kind of thing to shift into this. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be natural. It was for me when things shake up and you all of a sudden go, oh, you know, you have that moment. <laughs> then all of these things kind of come very quickly after. It's like mm-hmm. I to understand, oh, they they're actually in my mind somewhere along the line I thought that that was they were different there was something right. different there right right and they're not yeah. <laughs> they're not different this is uh-huh. they're they're very similar very yeah like I say you know around no matter what language you speak emotions the same mm-hmm. you know emotion is the same mm-hmm. and we kind of think that someone might not have as much impact on their emotions if they have a more difficult life or or sure but why why would that be the case why why is that such something so certain like again it's Mm. it's back to the certainty and and I loved it and I was I was hoping you could read on page 91 that poem humankind because I just Uh, thought it fit here so well humankind In a society that thrives on individualism, we sometimes forget the gift that is each other. We forget how beautiful our hearts sound when they are in sync with one another. This humanity, the greatest symphony, the orchestras that our whole beings long for. Who are we to be without touch? Without the laughter that swells from the deepest of joys and the greatest sorrows. Without empathy that swells from the core of our heartbeats. So let's call this the comeback. The remix that we keep missing. The part two. The music of you and the music of me. And ain't it beautiful? (laughs) I loved it. I love it. I love it. We move on to the mending, you know, and this is where I guess after the dark, that light kind of looks really good. Yes. <laughs> even yes. if it's just a sliver, even if it's right. just a sliver of an eclipse right. light, it can feel, um, you know, but I, but I also loved at the same time how you really asked the question, you know, can I grieve and celebrate at the same time and and in this moment that's what it kind of that was kind of that bending is allowing those two to kind of live in the same place yeah and what what was that like to to allow that into your life yeah well I mean in a very literal sense I think the week in which in which those realities really came to fruition was you know the week my 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 spouse and I got married. We got married May of 2020. Again, not not in the way we intended. Yeah. Um, you know, we had planned a full wedding in Temecula and, you know, 150 people. And it turned into just a very exasperated, what matters here? What's the mm-hmm. question we kept asking ourselves? Okay, what matters here? We want our families and we want to be together. Um, growing up, you know, in a very traditional household, uh, we were like, we just want to make this a union so that they can find us legit and we can <laughs> we can go about our day, you know? So we we really, we didn't want to wait, you know? We didn't know how long COVID was going to last. And, and, right. and so we decided to get, you know, pursue that and that same week my my uncle fell ill and um you know entered into a pretty um intense coma and so then we were sitting with do we you know sit outside the hospital and just do a ceremony real quick you know do we do nothing mm. um and and then we we ended up moving forward we we got married my my uncle passed the next day um and then we came back to Pasadena and we went to a vigil for George Floyd and it was this Again, this constant space of like, all right, we just started our whole life together. Mm. And also life is loss and life is loss again. And we're feeling this as this collective core and community. And so it was like, 
can we hold both? You know, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we feel really bad, you know, especially as women, when we hear a friend or someone going through something and we feel like, oh, well, I can't talk about my job promotion now, you know, like, well, I can't talk right. about how I am pregnant and my friend just lost a child. Like mm-hmm. we really feel like we can't hold those nuances, but I, I, I genuinely think there's a way to be um, tender and empathetic while mm-hmm. also not disregarding that there can be joys in our life at the same time, you know, that there can be um, grief in one moment and there can be life in the other. Mm. Um, and I think that's just the constant wave of of life. And I think it really just became even more prominent in mm-hmm. in the pandemic where it was just this very strange space where we were just holding everything you know and some of it was joyful and and we might find guilt you know for holding that joy in the midst of all that and and that's okay I think that's just because we're not so great at balancing the nuance of things and nuance Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that life is going to or has to look one way or the other and more than likely it's not so Mm -hmm. that space that season came very literally where it was like okay super excited this is the love of my life and I get to start my life with him and also I just lost my uncle and who would have been at you know this space Mm. to celebrate us and I remember listening to a voicemail that he had left me over and over and over again about how excited he was to come to our wedding and Mm. and then and and so it was just like weeping and then Mm -hmm. so feeling so loved and like feeling so full of light and hopeful about the future and then grieving that we have lost Mm. another black brother to just senselessness. And so it was just, was just like, first the question of what matters here, can I hold all of this? And yes, you know, and getting into that space of yes. And which I talk about, um, that's an improv exercise. It's like, you can't go into an exercise with your partner and say, no, you know, it's, mm. it's yes. And this, and. Is, you know, this is happening and this is happening. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like I was really playing this game of improv with life, you know, in a very literal sense of like, yes, this sucks. And this is the reality of what's happening. And we don't know what's going on. And everyone's very confused and trying to figure things out. And I'm really loving this time, you know, mm. to be, to build with my partner and I'm grieving. And so it was just that constant space of literally holding both and, and not having to choose one or the other, but right. living serendipitously with both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I called it mending, but this is the illuminating. I don't know if I did that or not, but, the, but okay. I love that it was interesting that you put it into this section because uh, I could just tell that there, you know, you had done enough in the dark. <laughs> this this actually had been the illuminating part because I think some yeah. people would have put that you know in the dark yeah but there had just been enough of that that this was that's why I mean illuminating it, it, it's such a good word because it's happening it's not happened you know? right right yeah. so like I say it was just the yeah. little bits of light that started to have more meaning maybe because there had been that dark for yeah enough time right yeah and even in the mending there's not a full there's not a full light there I think, right I think there's work that needs to be done before we get to the light before we yeah. bring our mess into the light before we bring unresolved into the light. So the mending I think is purposely before we get to the illuminating, because we still got some stuff to deal with. Mm -hmm. Like we just woke up to a lot of different realities that were really startling and scary. And now there's this shadowing where we're having to sift with these realities and these two parts and, and all of this nuance. And then we mend and we take all of it and we're like, now what do we do with this? What am I bringing with me? What, what am I leaving? What am I taking? And, 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 and the, um, the art of Kintsugi in the mending, which is taking these shattered pieces, taking these clay pieces. And I think what the illuminating does is we take that into the illuminating and we add this gold lining to it. And we don't not see the realities of where it was broken. We don't not see what we left behind and what's no longer part of the wholeness um, but that doesn't mean we can't bring that into the light with us. That doesn't mean we can't celebrate 
what we just went through, you know, Mm -hmm. and what we just overcame. And so I think there's definitely some work and some shadowing that still happens in the mending because we do have to do that work before we bring some things into the light that's, you know, and maybe more gets um, brought into the light and that's unresolved. And we figure it out. Like I said, these phases are not cyclical. Right. Um, they're, not, they're not linear. I mean, linear, they're right. very cyclical. They're mm-hmm. they're happening. They're happening all at once. Uh, you know, at the same time and in different ways and reversed and all over the place. And so I think when we when we release that idea that it has to, it's going to be in this order, we realize how much they truly, genuinely overlap as well. Yeah, I loved that metaphor. I worked in a, we did a retreat for years and, and at the end of the day, after going through all the, the healing work and all that stuff at the, at the end of the day, we'd have them come in and we would draw gold along their, you know, Mm. along their face. Cause we had talked about that, you know, and just to recognize that. And it was, that was the metaphor of it. It was, you know, that this, right. You feel broken. And yet yeah. these broken pieces are the very things that, that help you, you, you know, you, you feel uh, like you have actually become more, more priceless, more, right. Because, because now, you know, you're in recognition and, and experience and, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of empowering to take back mm-hmm. that brokenness and to say that was worthwhile. That was helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was helpful. And I, yeah. I loved in your in that part of the book where you actually put in the book a permission slip, <laughs> a permission mm-hmm. slip to, um, and I think that's important. Sometimes we women, we really do need someone else to say it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to, 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 to do some of the things that you need to do to, yeah. to be in that place to grow and to, and to expand and things like that. You know, you move into the being free. You move into the, and the you seem like a caged bird, you mm-hmm. would say, or a chained lion. Yeah. But you ask, what are the things that hold you back? What are the chains that keep you from being your fullest and most free self? Mm-hmm. Chains are not always literal. There are moments when there are bound to broken, when we are bound to brokenness that doesn't always belong to us. That is a chain. I I really loved that. Um. Just the the idea that that needs to be said sometimes. I I I do a lot of um, you know I do a lot of coaching and these like and we're very much into we create our own lives you know and that we're very responsible for our lives and we attract into our lives what we attract, but and, and sometimes I'm I get in trouble because I'm like I know but there's something called a trauma you know mm-hmm. or there's something called yeah abuse or yeah. there's something called whatever that that is a chain that that binds us down and we have to ex- yes. it's like with your and yeah. and sometimes we have these yeah. pains and sometimes that means that it kind of shifts our the expectation we can have of ourselves or that we should have of of another person right and so it's both at the same time yes i agree i'm never going to say that's right. not true but i <laughs> but i do know with clients or or with people that there's a trauma that comes in and it it yeah. changes their ability to be an agent of themselves mm. because something has disrupted that ability yeah. to be an agent. Yeah. And and I think by by kind of just honoring that for a minute in this in the book, you know, just taking this little bit of time to honor that, I think that's what makes us more free as a whole people. Mm-hmm. Because I'm actually more free if I understand that this expectation I have of someone else who can't function at my level because of whatever has happened, maybe, or yeah. I can't, you know, or or if I'm the one that's had the the dysfunction in my life, then I can kind of allow myself to be what I can be yeah. and not what I'm supposed to be. Right. And I, I, I just love that. So I just wanted to pause there for a second mm-hmm. and just say it. that was a great place to to add and then I wanted to ask you I loved the concept of your thin space mm-hmm. I loved that concept of your thin space so tell me about 
tell, let's talk a little bit about thin space for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to describe the thin space. I think as, as an artist and as a person who, who grew up, um, you know, and, and really uh, in a religious context, I think I'd always teetered on this reality of like, um, I don't like to use the term secular and not anymore. Like I'm, I've kind of undone that um, partially because of the reality of the thin space is that it's not, again, there's nuance. It's mm-hmm. not black and white. It's not secular and not secular. I kept experiencing, you know, the idea of, of God or the idea of something bigger um, in, you know, open mics, uh, you know, in, in concerts, in spaces that were not strictly, mm-hmm. um, you know, divine spaces. And yet I kept experiencing divine things. It's mm. like that moment when you get those goosebumps or you're, and something's like happening, you're like, Oh, I'm kind of tingling. Like what is going on? I think those are, 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 um, are invitations into mm. this thin space and what I mean by thin space is that there's the the rules and the guidelines that we put on how things can and cannot look are lifted and we find ourselves super open. I think yoga opens me up to a very mm-hmm. thin space, this very connected space, mm-hmm. this very um, space where it's not this and that. It's not heaven is here and earth is here. It's all just very connected and very fluid and very interlaced and intertwined. And so I think that's what the thin space was for me it was that integration of like no I don't think think things are secular and not I think it's way more interconnected than we're than we've been made to believe and not as separate as we've been made to leave and what invites us into that and I think for me I felt like I was experiencing so much of these out-of-body moments and out-of-body experiences where I felt like my my spirit my soul whatever it was was watching my physical self live and exist and in ways that were not fluid and and flourishing you know mm-hmm. and so I think I needed that out-of-body moment or in order to tap back in and to be present um you know to be you know um engaged um to mm. be free and connected and so I think that thin space is is whatever you know separation of this or that or you know um um secular or not or divine or free or whatever change or unchained it's where those release and it's just you're just so grounded and mm-hmm. so present and so in the moment and it's not as separated you know as it as it has been made to believe or that it is and so I think for me a lot of that thin space was just being able to tap in to to the more you know mm-hmm. to the to the whimsy, to the wonder, to the kairos, and realizing that it wasn't as separate as I, mm-hmm. I as I was made, uh, and and kind of taught and raised um, right. to, to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that it? it uh, similarly, I I think I wonder. You know, I'll say that. I'll say it this way. I wonder, right? Yeah, <laughs> we can imagine yeah. because if I think if if we talk about all those places you were, there was one thing in common. There was a there was a common denominator. And that was you, mm-hmm. you know, what, what if we allowed ourselves to be like, we are the common denominator. We are the, yeah. divi- we are divine in ourselves yeah. enough that yeah, every place we step has the potential to be that thin space. I yeah. wonder, mm-hmm. I think for me, if I felt that way about myself, I think I would show up, yes. you know, in yeah. this awakened loving I don't think I would just take it and say well now you know I I don't think I would (laughs) feed my ego with it you know what I mean I I don't there's just no ego in those thin spaces right 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 but but since you were there and every place that you went and you felt that you were there yeah gives me a clue that maybe maybe it's because you are Mm. part of the divine Sure, maybe yeah, that's it that's, that's something this you know the unfolding maybe that's what it unfolds into yeah something divine and, yeah. and that's the real uh, it, it's really scary to claim that you know it's kind of really <laughs> scary and feels yes. wrong in some ways to claim yes. that yeah. and that's why I say I I, I I honor that and where people are at on that but mm-hmm. but what if you know yeah what if I, I think allowed myself the, that I think it's the thought of 
it's not about me and yet it's bigger than me and yet mm-hmm. I'm a, and yet I'm a part of it all at yeah. the same and, time. And 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 yeah. And 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 yes. And I think yep. for me having you know coming from from a background that was so much of less than me and I'm not in the equation and I, I, you know, I'm just a vessel, meaningless Mm -hmm. vessel. No, I think it's more so once you step into that space, you're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. it's so much bigger than me. Yes. And and yet I'm a part of it, you know? And, and I think it's that, that and, and, and conversation. Right. And so, yeah, I think even, you know, coming to terms with like, I know I have the ability and the gift to shift, you know, spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've always kind of felt that. And I think, you know, a stage presence, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, there is a presence and I, and I do, I don't take that lightly. And so I think that is what I've continuously come back to is, you know, it's not about me. It's so much bigger than me. And yet I'm still a mm-hmm. part of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what if, I mean, if every person, there's, you know, in an, an abundance, an abundant universe, there it, we don't divide and, and share, it's yeah. abundant, <laughs> you know, there, yeah. it's abundant for everybody. So everyone is allowed the same, the same divinity, everybody's yeah. allowed to hold the space yeah. at the same time. And I mean, yeah. that is heaven to me. You know, that mm-hmm. sounds like heaven. Everybody mm-hmm. shows up in their greatness yeah. with enough of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, um, and but and it's just too bad. That I, I think that's why the unfolding is necessary, because we have Thank been you. programmed in certain ways to, especially as women, to be mm-hmm. humble, whatever you want to call it, to be mm-hmm. spiritual, if you want to call it that, to be mm-hmm. even kind means yeah. that we don't, that we suppress or that we Right. We tap down our our greatness, and 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 I wonder. Like I say, I just think if some someone from another planet showed up here, they would ask, "Why did that happen?" You know, they would just be <laughs> curious. Like, right. and just and we're like, it's just the water we swim in. You know, yeah. we just we just, just have never we known are. any different. Yeah. yeah, we have known any different. I loved um, when you talked about um, the returning. I loved this. I I underlined this. For me, the returning was being reunited with my sanity. It meant I trusted myself again, my decisions, my discernment, my intuition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. There, that's that moment, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. It was definitely a, um, I think there's a poem in, in there that ends with, you know, um, there I am and there I've always been. Yes. In this season of, of waking up and and you know and that being internal and then this external response there was just so much happening mm-hmm. and 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 the suppressing of me being able to trust you know um this discernment this wisdom this knowing inside mm-hmm. of me the ability to trust you know that i do know that i can i can trust my body that my body um is intuitive in her own right you know all of these aspects i is definitely what i what i returned to and and it wasn't like i didn't know those things before but i right I, there's just this constant conditioning and and teaching that i couldn't you know trust that 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 mm-hmm. that it was wrong and so I just had to come back to being like, no, no. And and as I think natural as women, um, we naturally and, and women identifying people, the feminine energy is a very knowing energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very just we know we <laughs> like mm-hmm. we might seek and we might ask. But ultimately, there's just something in us, our gut or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 just knows Mm -hmm. and being able to trust that a practice of trusting that it is something that I, I know now, but I, I wasn't sure for a minute. And then Mm -hmm. to come back to it was like, no, this thing has guided me, you know, this thing, this thing has got me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I be able to trust it? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think it works in addition to, um, I think when I, when I think of the 
of God or the universe or, or whatever you want to call it. I think there's an orchestrating and there's a trusting that happens, mm. you know, and it's very collaborative. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think I was just told that it wasn't collaborative, that I was just kind of there and, and that was about it. But I realized how much more collaborative it mm-hmm. actually was and how I give to it as well as, and it's not just a give give and take kind of thing, you know? Um, and so I think, yeah, that, that, re- that return is just like, you know, the, the windows are open, you know, the light is in and we're just like, oh, we're home. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our, our plants are where they are. Our art is where it is. Our cozy blankets are just there and welcoming. And it's just, it's that return and whatever home means or feels or looks like for you. It's that moment where you just, there's a releasing, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's no need to perform or to show up. It is anything less than yourself. And then, and there's this exhale, you know, there's yeah. just this, ah, uh, this release to it that it, I think is just so beautiful and something um, I hope we continue to experience. Yes, I agree. And, and uh, I think, yeah, I think we'll, it's unfolding, it's happening before, it's happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what will it be like in so many years when there's a majority of people yes. kind of playing in this and space, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I just think that that's what gives me hope. That's what mm-hmm. gives me hope for the future is, mm-hmm. is that. And in fact, I have a big, huge and sign that I keep in my house for that very reason. Just yes. to, just because I, I totally get what you're saying about, <laughs> you know, there's just always, there's just, it's just so freeing to have that and, yeah, and, and that intuitiveness, <laughs> that's what that's about is it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's the, that's the, the female can think of two things at once and bring them together yeah. somehow and they can make yeah. sense. They are, they are not the black and white, like you say, right. that that's the, the female energy knows how to love children of different personalities, mm-hmm. you know, wholly in that way. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's just, it's just it, that that's what gives me hope is just that, yeah. that, 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 and hopefully we've planted some seeds like you say you love and you don't get to yeah. you don't get your harvest on the day you plant the seeds but, <laughs> yes. but maybe maybe we've planted some seeds these and seeds and and maybe as they grow maybe that's what what can help bring mm-hmm. us together what can help um yeah. unfold more of us into this place of love and care for each other because that's what it is it's like in love and care for the right. self and then you can't help but love and care for each other. It just happened. Yeah. And that love, usually it's like love, you know, it's just, yes. that's what gets unfolded is just that mm-hmm. love and it starts that self-love and and then it expands. It's beautiful. And, well, I just loved it. I loved the book. I think it's beautiful. Thank I loved your videos that you even had, the promo videos. That was yeah. so unique. I And I have to tell you, funny thing so the way I was introduced this book my my husband he's like I saw somebody posted like I should read this book or like posted this book so he watched the video and he's like I'm I'm pre-ordering that book so he ordered it I don't know how long ago so we were one of the first people to get it and and so that was one of the uh, I'm not exactly sure who who um, but he ordered it within five minutes of seeing it on on social media. It was like, that I'm means a lot. Up. I worked really hard on those videos. <laughs> so yeah, they're beautiful. Um, yeah, there's definitely I mean, it's it's where our social media space is sitting in. And so, um, you know, having to tell my publisher, like, no, like, this is what people are going to gravitate towards, because this is what media is right now. And so, yeah, I mean, it was really fun to create I wanted, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be extra and make a whole trailer, you know, a book Mm -hmm. trailer, like what? But I just felt really like I wanted to storytell in different ways. And I think as predominantly being a a spoken word poet, I was like, I think Mm -hmm. I want people to hear my voice. You know, I want Mm -hmm. people to hear it in addition to them reading. So, and I wanted it to be pretty. I'm like, it could sit on your coffee table, but also it's like, 
you know, really it's like soul, it's like chicken soup for the soul, but also it's gorgeous. You know? yes. so, yeah. He ordered another copy for his therapist. He's like, I've got to oh give, I'm going to give my therapist one. That is amazing. And so it's so sweet, but I, I mean, it was, I loved it with the story, you know, there's the story. It's a definite novel. It's an earth story yeah. in here, you know, it's a, yeah. but then the poetry mixed in with the little beautiful quotes, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's very unlike any other book um thank you and I and I just loved it, it was just beautiful all the way through and thank you. I just am grateful that you were willing to share mm. share your story and I think like I say I think in a sad way and maybe not and not a bad way and not you know yeah. and not sad it's common it's mm-hmm. just it's 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 happening yeah and uh and you talked about toward the end of the book about saying yes and what that was like and you talked about perfection and you said it doesn't mean being perfect doesn't mean being flawless or blemishless blemishless um it's it's actually having all the required and desirable elements qualities or characteristics as good as it can possibly be and mm-hmm. i just thought you know what I wrote in my little notes there? I said, that is what we call wholeness. That's why yeah. we are the wholeness network. Mm. And because that's, that's what we're, it's, it's the wholeness is, is a striving process. It's never ending. Yeah. We're, we're, we're always acquiring wholeness and, and at the same time, we are whole and complete yes. in who we are. And yeah. so I wanted to ask you about wholeness. What does that idea of wholeness or or you can go to your perfectionist or but yeah. what does that mean for you yeah I I think I'm learning now that um for for me a lot of my work um within my spirituality with connecting my body um I had been separated you know and 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 um uh, really suppressed the physical aspects of me, you know, I, and so for, for my spirituality, I needed, I needed an embodied space. And so I think wholeness for me now means my mind, my body, and my spirit are in tune, are connected, are grounded and aware. And just like the idea of being clocked in, you know, being very, just, um, aware of myself. Like I, I have, was telling my therapist, but right before my book came out, I was like, I feel like I know where my feet are. Mm-hmm. That's what wholeness feels like mm-hmm. to me. It's just this awareness of like, I know who I am. I know how I operate in this world and my mind, my body, and my spirit is all just working together in order to feel and experience that and to know that. And so I think, you know, now, as I said, I'm sure this, this definition will shift um, as my life shifts, as, as I shift, but right now, um, you know, at, at, at 30, how old am I at 31 years old? Um, that's what wholeness looks like for me is where my mind, my body and my spirit is, is in tune and connected and aware of this is where my feet are. Feel empowered every day with wholeness videos, meditations, downloads, classes, and more by joining the Wholeness Library at thewholenessnetwork.com.